There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200 k for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the last, oh, blocked by James! LeBron James with the rejection! Welcome to the Chase Down on Almighty Baller Radio. I'm Justin Rowan with my co-host Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how are you doing today? It's the dead season, Justin. It, the There's dead nothing going is on officially Justin. here. Oh my god! And and I always like that the dead season starts right before, like like the week before summer league ends. So like people even at summer league are like, "This is I'm so bored." Like <laughs> it, they're they're burnt out. Oh, so nothing's happening now. Um, yeah, like other than like analyzing summer league MVPs for the most ridiculously hyped second overall pick in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's nothing, man. There well, is nothing. It's nice to see that the summer league MVP went to a guy that was winning games and getting triple doubles. Cause that's not <laughs> always the case. <laughs> man. I, I did a segment at work about this last night. Who's the last rookie that got this much day-to-day attention in, like, Summer League? I I can't really think of one. I, I mean, mean Wiggins, it is, got, Wiggins got some attention, that's for sure. He got some, but it wasn't like we were, like, no one was, like, tracking his box scores. You know what? You, you, you have like, oh, to Wig- credit his Wig- dad to some extent. Yeah. I mean, like the that's big probably... Brand is a thing. I also think you have to credit, like, the fact that he didn't play well in his first game. So, like, the Wolves were out. Right. And then, like, it was like, oh, shit, he's actually pretty damn good. There, like, there is a lot of the Westbrook 
stuff going on though that like his yeah, stats are oh. impressive but then there's also enough reason to criticize in it and kind of pick it apart so i think people live for that people live for reasons to have those kind of debates yeah i don't know it's interesting with that with lonzo because i just don't i mean it's just I very odd <laughs> I, I don't care very much and i'll say this though I think it's bullshit that I have to root against all the Lakers' young players so they don't steal LeBron from me. Okay, because what we know is LeBron loves young players. But if they're super good, it's not a rational thing, so shut up. But if they're <laughs> super good, then it just makes it easier. It's all about, like, it's funny, like, I care less about, like, what LeBron actually cares about rather than what he's just going to sell us on. <laughs> if, he, if he is indeed hashtag he gone. Like... Because he'll like, you know, like he's already like leaking out the shit to justify leaving. Yeah, whether yeah, it matters you, you, to him the or stories not. Stories are coming out now. Like showing up at the Lakers summer league game, like you know that's going to be like, oh, you know, I just saw Lonzo in person, and he, uh you know, it's just like this kind of shit. Because uh, like he lays the groundwork better than anyone else. Um, he, he he lives for that kind of stuff. Hundred percent. So. Anyway, uh, we could probably talk about the actual Cavs, and we can segue by saying LeBron is unhappy. He is a little bit unhappy. Um, there was a report by USA Today, uh, Jeff Zil... I, how do you Zilget. say his name? Zilget? Yeah. It's I always said Ziglet in my head, and then when I was like aggregating the post, I was like, oh, that's how it's spelled. Aggregation. Aggregation um, keeps the world <laughs> spinning. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it... it there were a couple little tidbits in there, but for the most part, like my reaction to the piece that LeBron was unhappy with the Cavs offseason was, yeah, duh. Like, <laughs> it has not like, been great. Like, if we're all upset, if if every Cavs writer and fan in the world is like, yeah, this is going terrible, I'm not surprised that LeBron's like, yeah, I I agree. Mm hmm. And and to to be fair, he hasn't come out and really said anything, although that's not his style. He kind of lives for sending those passive-aggressive messages and stuff like that. Um, when you go point by point in the article, the, the most concerning thing to me is still the front office situation. I, I think if that was resolved, um, th this whole offseason feels different because then even if there's moves that are a little more controversial or something that LeBron doesn't necessarily agree with, you know he at least had the respect of David Griffin, and David Griffin had a track record of making things work and finding solutions and adjusting if certain gambles didn't work out. When you don't have a front office in place, all of a sudden that kind of goes out the window. And to make matters worse, in that report they also mentioned that uh, Dan Gilbert is still looking into the front office structure. He's examining uh, what's going on and still considering other options. So if there's controversial moves that LeBron doesn't agree with, the fact that the guy that made those moves might not be running the team by the start of the season looks awful to him. Do you think LeBron James knows what Kobe Altman looks like? Oh, there, there's little to no chance. Oh, although he has a photographic memory. That's a good point. And I think he probably uses that to his advantage. Like, LeBron probably loves events with where you have to wear the name tags. <laughs> it's true. 
that's my contribution to the GM talk. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's not groundbreaking that it's fucking stupid to not employ a GM all summer. Mm-hmm. And then consider ousting your acting GM, who you had started to push as we, we the guy who's going to get the We won't give David Griffin the president job, but we're going to give it to Chauncey Billups, who turns out wasn't really that interested in the job. Well, especially not when you don't pay him. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a problem. Uh, you know, it's like it's so hard to even say anything about it at this point. Uh, because it's like, yeah, they, they just should employ a GM. I don't think there's like a ton of depth or nuance to that discussion. Like they've done some okay stuff. Um, Jeff Green was okay. Uh, I'd probably rather have Luke Richard and Bob Mute for the minimum. Mm-hmm. But it also makes uh, sense that he'd want to go to Houston after playing with Chris Paul. Yeah. Well, I don't know if the Cavs offered anything to him either, though. Like, nah, that's, that's the point that's going to drive me nuts. Like, I don't, I think they're like, all right, we got Chetty and Jeff, don't need Luke. And it's just like, well, I mean, maybe. Well, especially if they're going to keep that 15th roster spot open. Yeah, and that's that's the other report that came out from Joe Varden, is that they're planning on keeping the 15th roster spot open. And this, uh, and I wanted to, I'm going to do like a Fox Sports 1 style rant. Uh, This is why you don't sign Jose Calderon on the second day or first day of free agency because this team is so <laughs> devastatingly in the tax. Like, I think Calderon's contract costs like $8 million total with luxury tax. Um, and they're clearly leaving this spot open to save some money uh, and because they probably, in my guess, is because they probably expect Dwayne Wade to join the roster at some point next season. Yeah. Which is, which is fine. Whatever. But because of that, that means you have one less roster spot to mess around with. It's not just a minimum signing. It's not. It's it's a zero sum game. That's a roster spot that can't go to someone else, um, mm-hmm. because Dan is loath to to sign someone for the minimum even and then cut them in order to pick someone else up. Like the the report was like from Varden said that it was a, like a slam. They would only fill it if it was like a slam dunk. Yeah. And it's just yeah, like, cause we know which I get. dunks are out there right now. Yeah. Which I get like conceptually, but that's why you don't hire guys who aren't even close to that. Uh, like maybe, <laughs> like maybe Mbaba Mute is on this team, uh, or at least maybe the Cavs make a push for him if they don't waste a bunch of money, waste a roster spot on Calderon and want to leave that last spot open for Dwayne Wade or whoever the else they might add midseason. Like, because they don't want to cut that minimum guy for nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. such bad practice, man. And like, plus you know, Dwayne Wade like, should be basically the backup point guard if he does join the team. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's just like you know these people that are like, oh, yeah, Calderon's not that bad. And it's like it's not the point. It's like he represents a player that the Cavs couldn't go get, mm-hmm. or wouldn't go get because of their salary structure. And like, I mean, to some extent, it is kind of bad business. Like, I, I, you know, I, I never cape for owners here. And in fact, I do the exact opposite most of the time. But like, if you are, if you're Dan Gilbert and you're 90% confident that Dwayne Wade's going to join your team in, say, January, mm-hmm. why the fuck are you going to pay a guy, you know, eight mil, why are you going to pay $10 million for a minimum guy that you're going to cut? Yeah. Like, it, Calderon is not making 
he he's not on the team by the time playoffs come around, right? I don't know. I don't know because they leave, they left this spot open, so maybe he is. You know, uh, it the problem it the it just doesn't make sense when you know someone's coming to pay an exorbitant tax, which just means I'm okay. Like I'm genuinely okay with them if they're so confident that Wade is coming it, with them operating on. The idea that, okay, we actually have 14 spots, not 15, because we're going to leave one open for Wade. But that means you have to be conscientious with who you're signing in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that does make sense. And hopefully this time around, like, they, they know that Wade's going to get a buyout before the season even starts. Um, because last year it was a bad look. Even though I... I wanted to have Darren Williams as the addition, and I, uh, and I consistently said, wait until buyout season. I don't want to sign Kirk Heinrich in July just because it's uncomfortable when you could have had or uh, signed Kirk Heinrich in January uh, when you could have Darren Williams. Now, Darren ended up not being as productive but, but, as we would have hoped. But the mentality was sound. Yeah, the, the the logic was there, but I still think it's a bad look if you go into February with only fourteen roster spots filled. Yeah, like, I mean, I get that's that. That's a bad but, message to send to LeBron. Yeah, but in fairness, like once again, if you know Wade's coming, all right. Um, and it, all the reports out of Chicago indicate that they're not intending to buy him out before the season starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're if you're LeBron, I think you can stomach the 14 with it, with Wade, especially because of the addition of the uh, two-way contracts in the D-League. So you can get some bodies in there to, you know, soak up some minutes. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just the bad planning that precedes it, you know? Like, it's jumping the gun on lesser players. The process the sake has of been getting awful all, yeah. all summer. Yeah, it's like lesser players for the sake of getting them. Like, is Jeff Green really not still on the market if all he could get was the minimum? Well, I, I don't I don't know if another team could have offered him more or would have. I'm not I, sure I think they it's would possible have. another team would have offered him more. Man, he tanked so bad in Orlando, and teams get really scared of that. I don't know. The point is, if if he is the reason you didn't chase Luke Richard and Bob Mute, who had like a 58% true shooting percentage, and is one of the best Kevin Durant defenders in the league, it's like, what are we? What are you doing? What yeah. What was the point? Uh, what was the upside? So, I don't know. I, I'm very disappointed by that. Uh, but I did want to go back. Do you have any Henderson hopes left? Uh, no, I don't. Nah, not. Uh, I don't. I don't expect them to sign anyone else because they told us they're not going to. <laughs> right. Like yeah. you know, you can read the tea leaves there. Uh, maybe it, they'll panic or something if the 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 Zilgit report freaked them out. Uh, one other note I wanted to talk about on that Zilgit report was that. And this is kind of coming around and people are sort of laughing at the Cavs. Ha ha, you idiots. Uh, that David Griffin almost had a Jimmy Butler trade put together. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not saying that that's not true. I'm not saying Jeff Zilgit isn't a good reporter. But I would say consider who is feeding this information. I, I think he was going off of the reports at that time because like that was widely reported that that Griffin, they were working a deal yeah that he had deals in place for both <clears throat> pardon me uh for both butler and george and then everything kind of fell apart but he left the the framework for those deals in place after he was dismissed and 
I mean, it's certainly possible that that's something that Griffin would have leaked out or, or someone that uh, was on his side of the front office. That's that's what I, that's all I'm saying is like with any reporting like this, especially with a recently deposed employee, you have to account for the fact that these guys are incentivized to make themselves look as good as they can on the way out because typically front offices trash their former employees out the door. Mm-hmm. So so like it's you don't he doesn't even have to be lying you know he can just be like. Yeah, like when he's, you know, he's, or he or someone of his, you know, close associates can be talking to someone like Jeff Zilgit and say, yeah, I mean, he was really close to getting a Jimmy Butler deal done. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks terrible for the Cavs, but. We, uh, we know that there was a Paul George trade that was basically agreed to, but that was done by Kobe Altman. Yeah. And like, I, I do think that's something that we should continue to account for with this, uh, evaluation is that Paul George was, you know, he was all very, very nearly a Cavalier before Kevin Pritchard got cold feet and then yep. took a worse offer. You know, yep. like I know, to, despite you know, the team, yeah. And it's not like you can't always know that that's going to happen. You know, maybe you know you can't know that David Griffin wouldn't have talked him out of it. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just think that that is something that should be taken account of when we're discussing the job Kobe Altman's done so far. As acting GM, I mean, if, you don't want if another candidate. Get this in, right? job, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, like you don't want another candidate, even if it's a good one, right? No, I agree. no, and I understand how ridiculous that is, but I don't know if it's ridiculous. The season, I mean, he's been. It just means you wasted your whole off season because you didn't have anyone you wanted in there. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of weird, and it's not something I've seen talked about a lot. It's kind of weird to be hiring a GM and president with with Ty Lue already in place. Like, okay. like I'm not oh, saying that I, anyone's going to get rid of him. Now. I'm not saying anyone's going to get rid of him, but like normally that's like the first thing a GM wants to do. Mm-hmm. It is you know um, push for getting his own guy in the coaching staff, which is obviously not going to happen in Cleveland. But it's also weird because Ty Lue doesn't have a history of like. One, he doesn't seem to be super interested in front office affairs. No, no, he he, he very much keeps you, to himself. Yeah, he, you he rarely see him politicking. He doesn't really politic much for for players. It doesn't seem, and so maybe that's not a problem at all. Just because he's not a meddlesome coach, even though he's well entrenched. And I also think Kobe Altman being kind of the the assistant general manager, he he for the most part, he's probably on the same page as David Griffin was uh um so maybe it's not the biggest difference but if you're bringing in a president then all of a sudden these issues start to come up where it isn't his guy yeah and man uh i think i might riot if uh someone tries to push ty Lou out <laughs> you mean other than Cavs twitter yeah well Cavs twitter i mean come on there. <laughs> speaking any, of, any, speaking any Twitter, of Twitter, uh, yeah. the Cavs have officially announced the signing of uh, Chetty Osman. Chetty! Chetty season is now here. Our Chetty watch has ended. Now, part of the, the Zilgit report was LeBron being unhappy with the Cavs 
not offering more than the minimum to Jamal Crawford and instead signing Chetty Osmond. And that's one of those things where it'd be nice if there was a front office person that he respected in place because then you can explain that decision-making that, hey, Jamal Crawford isn't really that good. I know he can hit tough shots and he goes on these hot streaks, but he really isn't that good. And we're also old as shit. So maybe getting this good young prospect that we've been trying to get over for a couple of years now, finally on the roster, might be the way to go. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Uh, It's just... I've seen that quite a bit, that... You know, David Griffin could have sold LeBron on this Chetty move. And it just all kind of feels like conjecture still on that end. Like, well, every aspect of it's conjecture. Like, nothing has actually come from LeBron. Yeah, but, I mean, LeBron can leak out a lot of stuff. But, like, you know, like, a report that says LeBron is unhappy, that's that's not conjecture. That's someone has gotten the impression that LeBron is unhappy. Mm -hmm. But, like... Like, even, like, the way but that... But the why, he, the, the, I, I don't yeah. know necessarily yeah. that he's the type of guy that's going to say specifically why he's upset. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's just, I think that the Chetty move will bear itself out over time. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out how much... Is he going to play? I think he has to. Like I'm, I'm not sure he has to. I think he's going to play. I I think he's I think he's ready to play. I know I'm higher on him than most, um, but when you're paying him that much money, Richard Jefferson's going to be a year older. He he's the he's the backup small forward, and uh, I really uh, think uh, he's Kyle the type. Is the backup small forward? Isn't he the backup shooting guard? Isn't Amon Shumpert the third string shooting guard? I mean, there are a lot of things we we want in this world, Justin. Well, that's kind of what it was, though. Like, Not I, I guess really. there's some positional Corver fluidity. Corver played a ton of three hmm. last year. Like, they played, they did not cut Shumpsman's until the first two games of the playoffs. Hmm. When he was out of the rotation, but then uh, JR got hurt and he earned his way back in with, like, three good plays. Like, yeah, I. I don't know. I, I, like we I see all want to push Shump out of the rotation, but <laughs> here he stands. Okay, I'm looking it up on Basketball Reference. Corver uh, played 34 percent of his minutes at small forward with the Cats, and five percent of his minutes at power forward. Somehow. Um. So the Cavs just tweeted out that they yeah they that they officially signed Osman. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're looking at the tweet right now. I uh, now Chris, am. Yeah. Does that does that look photoshopped? Did did they Photoshop Chetty Osman onto someone else's body? <laughs> <laughs> I don't they, think so. Did, did they hire an oil painter to paint just his face? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> This is so weird. I don't think it's that weird. I think it looks very odd. It does not look like it's lit traditionally. Like he, it looks like an animated, like, like 2K40s. They, they might Austin. have added some shadows to him. Make him look <laughs> more jacked. <laughs> he, he just looks like an oil painting. He's a beautiful young man. It's gotta he be is said. a beautiful young man. He's got too a, beautiful to be a, a basketball player. That's why 
that's why you're thrown off. Yeah, I mean, uh, he is, he is a model for like head and shoulders, right? Yeah, he is a head and shoulders model. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is how we should address him because I it's funny in that Zilgit report, um, they called him a Turkish big man. Let's just refer to him as a head and shoulders model. Let's call him everything other than uh, a small forward. Yeah, I think that's fine with me. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry, sorry for that very dumb aside. But it's just like. It just doesn't look quite natural that picture. I'm gonna. I need to like cross reference their pic, their like announcement for like Kevin Love <laughs> or to Mike see if they Miller. Did the same thing, just to see if like the body is the same. He's tattooless though, so mm-hmm. it, could, it couldn't be Mike Miller. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe it was Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> they they just uh, I, I think what's holding Chetty back is not enough neck tattoos. Honestly, if he just got just neck tattoos, I think he'd suddenly become the most popular player in the league. <laughs> just completely tattooless for the rest of his body, but just on his neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um should we wrap up talking uh summer league a little bit? Uh just do that. like so you know, I, I wasn't in Vegas uh, watching closely, it, it, and it's a, it's a bummer the Spurs snagged Brandon Paul on a two-way contract before the Cavs could, because he was looking very, very competent. He did look um, really good. As a shooter and a defender, kind of a 3 and D guy with a little off-the-dribble juice. Um, but then again, that's the Spurs. They steal all those guys. Uh, I don't think Kay Felder's an NBA player, Justin. No, I don't either. Um you know what? It's probably more likely he gets cut than Calderon. I do agree. I I'm not opposed to agreeing with that. Um, I, I you know, Ty Lewis said that the better of those two is going to get the backup point guard minutes on this roster. I have a hard time imagining Felder is better than Calderon, even with how terrible he is. They need he needed to add like a just a killer three-point shot this but here's off the thing. season this is exactly this is right after the season i know i yeah, brought this I up on a previous podcast but but like, he's got he, four months to improve well he had all year to improve in canton too yeah but i i don't know if you necessarily improve by playing a whole lot like i, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that's something that does occur i, I think most players grow in the off season yeah um i guess you're right I, it's just He's just not explosive enough, uh, in terms of quickness. And he does, I think he does have NBA quality passing, uh, and vision. Uh, I think he's got NBA quality, uh, ability to draw fouls. Mm-hmm. He's done that at every level, at a really high level. But like the he shooting. He had some explosive games scoring, but it, yeah. it, again, the process didn't look good getting there. Yeah, and he just can't, you know, you have to at least make 40% of your field goals in summer league. Mm-hmm. Um, and conversely, I thought Eddie Tavares looked all right. Yeah, um, he, he looks like a third, third big. Third, third big. Um, or I'm sorry, like third center. Yeah, no, yeah not third a third center. big. Um, he's definitely an NBA that. player. Yeah, I think he's an NBA player too. Um, looks like he's getting a little more confident in pick and roll coverage. Uh, He's he always going to block every single shot ever. Yeah, he's going to move kind of wonky because he's kind of a 
you know, he's a giant. But I thought he looked <laughs> fine, and I'm not opposed to him getting that last big spot on the team. Uh, and He still you know, runs like he has, like, bands around his ankles or, or a rock in his shoe. Yeah. I mean, it's going to just be awkward looking. But I don't think the Cavs really need much from him, so... I'm not opposed to him getting a roster spot and trying to make something of himself um, mm-hmm. at this point. And then, yeah, and then the rest of Summer League, you know, who cares? Yeah. I don't think anyone else really I stood think, out uh, much. White, uh, I think the Cavs are probably going to sign him to a, a two-way contract. Uh, I didn't feel like he got as many minutes as I thought he was going to get. Do you think they were maybe just trying to hide him so no one else signed him, Brandon Paul style? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's possible, but, uh, I mean... At the same time, they might be more confident in what they have in him. Like, you know he can shoot. You, you know he has the uh, frame and, and kind of the abilities to be a good defender. So maybe they wanted to test out the other guys more. It's certainly possible. It was just something that I was thinking about. Uh, but, yeah, so Summer League, um, just like it always is for the Cavs, uh, that didn't matter. <laughs> it was, like, super uninteresting. And, Man, uh, and, and I'm glad Moore had a good time. I went back and I watched the, I guess, 2014 Summer League, like, highlights of Anthony Bennett. Oh, and man. His game against the Magic. No, 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 no. That, that, that's preseason of his rookie oh, year. That was I'm talking pre-season. about Summer League of his second year. The oh, dude okay. looked like LeBron, man. Like, he was crossing people up. He was throwing no-look passes. He was hitting step-back jumpers, dunking on people. He would have like 14, 14 games and like, um, it, it's just hilarious. Uh, I, I know, I remember people were overreacting out of that and they're like, okay, well now we can finally, we can afford to let Tristan walk and, uh, we'll, we'll keep Anthony Bennett. Um, it, summer league is meaningless. There's yep, really not sure a whole lot you can get from this. Sure is. It's just for the teams to evaluate some very minute details. So, anyway, that's probably it. It's I don't I don't know what else there is to talk about. Are are we missing anything? Um, do you want to like go over the photos of other players since they've been signed and determine yeah, if they're oil yeah, paintings? Je- or Jeff not? Green looks normal, so I think there's something wrong with Chetty. I wonder if he even exists, <laughs> or if he's just a frag, uh, you know, just a figment of our imagination. I'm telling you, it looks weird, dude. Something about the way the chin is sitting on the neck, it just looks photoshopped. Hmm. You you I'm, know more about this than I do. I don't though. I make, I just, I make very I, crude photoshops. That's I feel like I I'm getting very tepid support from you on this and it's bothering me. <laughs> well, I'm just getting lost in his eyes. Oh man. He's a nice looking young man. I'll tell you what. With him <laughs> with a good Cor- head of hair. Do, do you think Kyle Corver's gonna, you know? Try to like defend his turf. Would, would Corver have signed for the three-year deal if Osman if was already signed? If he'd known he was going to get cucked as the most <laughs> a- attractive person on the team, <laughs> we, we should title this: "Corver gets cucked." <laughs> oh God! Yeah, that's probably it. That's uh, that's probably where we should wrap this up. Uh, so thank you to all our listeners. Thank you for tolerating the dog days of summer. Uh, we, we we do appreciate the 
uh, support. As always, you can subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Uh, it does help out the show. It's the best way to support us. Uh, so we appreciate all of that. And as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs.